we have been talking about uh, this concept, a real church with real people seeking a real God. And as we talk about this, I want you to notice something that we didn't say. We didn't say the real church. Okay? We said a real church. Because regardless of where you go and what church it is, it can be a real church that's part of the real church. And so that's all we want to be. We want to be a part of the whole church. But we want to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, whether anybody else does or not. And if you notice in the bulletin, uh, the little little devotional thought there about coming to church, about assembling together and being in church. And, and then I made this statement. So many people say, you know, I've heard this said that don't matter what church you go to just as long as you go to church. Well, that can be true or it can be not true. Because there are some churches, and I'm not calling anyone out, and I'm not labeling anybody, that's between them and God, and you'll have to figure that out your own self, okay? But there's a lot of churches that are not living up to what God has called us to be as Christian people and as a local assembly. So it does matter where you go to church. And my desire is that, that we become the church to where that people say, if you go to Victory Fellowship Church, that's a good church. That's a good place to go. That's a good place to be. And we want to we not just be, but we want to become. Because, folks, I don't care how hard we try, we're never going to accomplish uh, being a real church in its fullest extent. We're always going to be becoming that real church. And the reason is, is because churches are made up of people. Y'all know that, don't you? This church is not made up of, of, uh, of wood and sheetrock and carpet and chairs. That's in the building. This church is made up of the people that's sitting in this church this morning that desire to be real people. And you know, and let me say this about being real people. All of us in our own mind feel like we're real. You know, I'm pretty real. I touch myself and I can look in the mirror and I can see myself. You know, I can hear myself talk and I can also hear myself think even though sometimes I don't like the thoughts I, say, I think because those thoughts I think sometimes turns into words I say and there's some of that stuff I don't like. But we want to find out what it means to be a real person, a real Christian, and we'll get into that. And then the overall thing of this whole thing is that we understand the concept of seeking God. And everything that we do when we come to church, when we do activities, when we reach out, when we stretch out, that we, that we are seeking that relationship with Almighty God more than we're seeking anything else. So as we think about that this morning, in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 41, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Then they that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, this is talking about the day of Pentecost and the aftermath of that, what took place when the day of Pentecost had taken place. Now, this, this was still the day of Pentecost when this happened, but that morning there was a, a, something happened that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
And I've said a lot of times, uh, the most important thing about being filled with the Holy Ghost is it got these people out from behind closed doors to where they began to do something to affect the area where they were. You know, it's good for us to come in here. I like coming in here. I, lo- I, I, I long to come to church. I just enjoy it. Loretta can tell you, even turn into a strange kind of person. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm looking forward. Not because I'm getting to preach, but because I'm getting to be with my brothers and sisters and, and we come together. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. This is not what it's all about. A real church, and we'll see this, a real church gets out from the other side of these doors and continues to be the church out there. I shared this with you, and I, I know I have before, but when, when Fairview, the Grace Place, was in their old place out there, and they began to grow, and they had to have another place, and it just looked like before they could get it built, it was filled up. Had five, four, five, six, seven hundred people coming at one time there. And I asked Brother Milan one day, I said, Brother Milan, how are y'all growing so fast? And things going on. He said, well, because some of us is trying not just go to church, but we're trying to be the church. Be the church. Because, folks, a real church is a real church outside the doors as much as they are inside the doors. So this day, the, the people got out from behind closed doors. And in one day, one I'm talking about from one message from a guy that didn't have a PA system, didn't have a praise and worship team, didn't have, any, didn't have ushers, he didn't have a, a prayer counselors or anything like that. He preached this one message and 3,000 people, the very, listen, the very first Holy Ghost Gospel message that was preached, 3,000 people got saved. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I say this to my shame. But in all the years that I've professed to be filled with the Holy Ghost, since it has been about 40, 37, 38 years, I don't know that I've seen 3,000 people saved. I want that to change. I don't know that i got another 38 years to preach the gospel, but I want that to change. I want to see things different. I want it different than it's, than it's ever been. The difference was, was nothing more than these people got filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they were seeking God. Seeking that move of God. Let me go on. I'm, I'm going to... Thank you, dear... I got on to her the other night. Boy, she's standing up in chair at the ball game. And I said, I can't even get a, a word out of her at church. So y'all just bear with her, buddy. She's going to cheer me on. Just like I just scored a touchdown. Amen. <laughs> and she may tell me in a minute. I said, why is it? She says it. Stop them from running. Don't let them get that ball. <laughs> Push them back. <laughs> let me read on. And they, could, they continue. Who? They. They. The 120 that was in the upper room, but the 3,000 that had just got saved. They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. You need to underline prayers. And, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and they sold their possessions and good and departed them to all men as every man had need. 
And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Other translations say those that were being saved. This, I mean, this is some. It wasn't just happening at the big meetings. I mean, this was happening from door to door, house to house. People were getting saved. Something was going on in Jerusalem. Now, let me let me come back to this. The word church, most places you find it in New Testament, it comes from a Greek word ecclesia, and that don't mean nothing to you. So I'll explain it to you, and it and it means actually means a religious or public congregation, and and it, it's a local assembly. Revelations chapter 2 and 3, it said under the church, under the church in Ephesus, under the church in Thyatira, under the church in Pergamos, under the church in Philadelphia, under the church in Laodicea. And it's talking about a local assembly as much as it's talking about uh, a, a whole, the whole. But it also means talking about the body of Christ. In, in Ephesians... Chapter 1, verse 22, he said this, and, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The body of Christ. That's, what, that's the church as a whole. Whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Charismatic, Lutheran, Church of God, whatever, anything, that if you know and, and, and see... Here's the thing about it. You're not in the body of Christ because you're a non-denominational. You're not in the body of Christ because you're a Baptist or Methodist. You're not in the body of Christ because of all of those things. You're in the body of Christ because you made Jesus Lord of your life. You were born again. And when you were born again, you were born into the body of Christ. So, But then, once a person is in the body of Christ, I believe following biblical examples that those people find themselves then coming into a local body, a local group, a local congregation. So as we think about that, we're all in the church, the body of Christ, but then we're in this church. And I did some research this week, and maybe not as much as I should, and maybe more than I should. I don't know which way you want to look at that. But the body of Christ overall. But what about when did the church building come in? Well, can I tell you this? A church building is not necessarily a book of Acts concept. Because in the book of Acts, they didn't meet in a church building like this. They either met in the temple, in a synagogue, and temple and synagogue could be a church building as far as that goes. They either met in a temple, they met in a synagogue, or they met in somebody's house, and most of them met in somebody's house. A church building as a house of worship, something separate that's set apart, designated to be a place for Christian people to meet, to worship God, didn't come about till about the year 240 A.D. And the first one was built. The ruins of that is still in, somewhere in Syria, from what I could understand. But it became known, buildings became known as a house of God, a place of worship. Now, I believe this. Even though the church is not all we see here as far as structure and material and things go, I still believe God has ordained this place 
that place, that place, other place. I believe God has ordained these places for people to meet together for the common purpose of worshiping the Lord, loving each other, and receiving from the Word of God. I believe this is God's will that we have a place. I believe it's God's will for us to have a building. I believe it's God's will for us to have a congregation. I believe it's God's will for us to have a bigger building and, and to do the things that, that we have talked about doing now and, and because of the way that, that God moved in this. But, and so we call this the house of God. So there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, that says, but if I tarry long, now Paul is writing to Timothy and setting some things in order in church. He said, but if I tarry long, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, he said, here's how you ought to behave or conduct yourself or, or do things in the church. Now, there's a lot of different people that's got different concepts. And you know, people are made up different ways. People are made up different ways. They're different before they get saved. And we're different after we get saved. So there, that's something. See, Peter was first to speak. He was, he was flamboyant. He was the one that always spoke. He spoke the loudest. He had to be first. When he got saved, Peter still was loud. He was outspoken, he was flamboyant, he was charismatic, and he was the one to speak first. When they come together in that upper room, after Jesus had risen, who was the first guy to get up and speak? It was Peter. And then after the Holy Ghost came, who was the first person to get up and preach? It was Peter, wasn't it? So what I'm saying is this, is that, that we, we're different people. And different people worship different ways. And that's the reason there's different churches for different people. You see what I'm talking about? And I know there's churches that, buddy, I mean, when those people get together, if they're not running up and down and jumping up and down and, 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 and shouting and falling out in the power of the Spirit and all of that, then they've just not had church that day. And But that's for those people. That's what fits those people. Are they wrong? No, they're not wrong. They're worshiping the Lord. They're seeking God in their makeup and in their way. And then there's others that are more quieter than we are to say that they're wrong. See, to say somebody's wrong because of the way they seek God, if they're truly seeking God, we can't do that. So there's different, there's different churches. I like our church. You know, there's sometimes that that y'all even say amen without me asking you to. There'll be sometimes you clap without me saying, well, give the Lord a hand clap. You know? Times you raise your hands without even saying it. You know, without anybody saying, just raise your hand. And, and I like that. See, here's, here's the thing about it. I like freedom. Like Brother Carl Sanford said Sunday afternoon, he told me again Friday, he said, we have not been to a place to sing in a long time where we enjoyed the freedom to sing that we did there at Victory Fellowship. And you, know, and, you know, that's not about me. That's about you. And regardless of how someone does it, I'm glad that we give them the freedom to do that. And we don't say, you've got to do it this way or you better hush. You see what I'm saying? So we're all together. But 
But we, we, when we come to the house of God, there's a purpose for that. And here's what the purpose needs to be. See, we understand that as, as you look in verse 15, if you back it up to verse 15 minutes there, Bo, we look in verse 15, it begins to tell us here's the important thing. See, the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Next verse, go ahead, Bo, to the next one now. And without controversy, now listen, here's, here's what's important. Without controversy, without dispute, I like it when we can come together in one mind and one accord. You know what happens when people get in one mind and one accord? Man, the Holy Ghost comes. That's what he's talking about. Without controversy, we're not, this is not open for debate what I'm about to talk about. I read an article just before church this morning. It grieved my spirit. 150 pastors got together and signed a letter or or not a petition, I don't know what to call it, uh, a resolution that says we believe in the biblical concept of marriage that it's between one man and one woman and that we're not going to look anywhere else because that's what God's Word declares. And it said the same of it is that over a thousand and they said use the word Christian. You know, I'm going to leave that there. Christian leaders, pastors from around this world, many of them from the United States, condemned these 150 preachers. They signed another resolution and said, we believe in the diversity of God. Well, let me tell you something. This book does not talk about the diversity of God. This book that I hold in my hand said that when God made them, He made them male and female. He never made male to be a woman or never made female to be a man. And that settles it. That disposes the whole thing right there. Without controversy. I'm not going to get involved in their controversy over it. I'm just going to hold on to the Word of God and, and follow that. Without controversy. And, and let, me, let me stop right here. Somebody say, well, well, Pastor, you've never had one of those people in your family. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care, and I don't mean this with no hate, no bitterness. I mean this with all the love I possibly can. It does not make any difference who's that way. God's Word is God's Word, and it does not change, and it's not going to alter because somebody decides that they want to have a different lifestyle. Hey, I've had alcoholics in my family, but that didn't change the Word of God. I've had drug addicts in my family that didn't change the Word of God. I've had immoral people that live very immoral lives in my family, but that don't change the Word of God. I've had people in my family, I, I, I got one I'm thinking about right now, that said he didn't even know if he believes in God or not. That don't change the Word of God. So, so as we, we think about that, as we look at that, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Listen, God, Jesus, was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. And we're going to hold that. We're not going to come off of that. We're going to hold that because that's the Word of God. Let me move on. Characteristics of a real church. Now, I'm not going to get all this message preached today, okay? But we're going to get enough to understand, hey, we're important right here at Victory Fellowship. We're important. You're important. Everyone in this congregation is important in Victory Fellowship. Let me show you why. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, For the body is one member. We're one 
When somebody says Victory Fellowship Church, when one of us says Victory Fellowship Church, we're talking about everybody that goes here. Everybody that makes up this church, that's who we're talking about. Regardless of how long you've been coming, and, and see, here's, here's something. I don't read where in that day that they had membership roles for local congregations. Just people said that's where we're going to go, and they were a member. They were part of that particular body. And so, regardless how long you've been coming here, you're part of this body. That's just the way we look at you. We've told people a lot of times, you can only visit one time. And what do you mean only visit one time? Well, after that, we just count you one of us. <laughs> you, know? That's, you know, that's pretty well the way we look at it. And, but as the, as the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Somebody might say, well, you know, I ain't got nothing to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's plenty to do. There's plenty to do at this place. And, and you may think, well, you know, the pastor's the most important person here. Can I tell you this? The pastor's not the most important person here. And if you feel like that you, you are going to have to be the pastor to ever identify with this body, then I may let you be that for one week and see if you decide you might want to be a greeter at the door. Okay? Or maybe you decide, maybe I need to be an usher. Or you might decide, I know what, I need to work in the nursery. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? I mean, if all you could do is look at me and not hear me this morning, you'd, there would be two things take place in your thinking. Number one, man, I wish you'd change suit. Do his hair different. And all you could do is just see me. And... And you'd be sitting there thinking, what in the world is he talking about? So you got eyes and you got ears. So we're we're all we're all needed in this congregation. If the whole were the hearing, where would be the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it had pleased him, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. The, you know, this morning, and most mornings when I get up, I got this stuff in my eyes that, from sleeping because I sleep so good. And if I didn't have a hand to take my handkerchief and wipe that out with, it'd just get all matted up on my eye. See, I have need of my hands. My eye has need of my hands. Because if I see something that I want in my mouth, how am I going to get it? So I reach for it with my hands, right? I need my hands. Now again... The head to the feet, I have no need of you. Never would go anywhere. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. You're necessary. Being a part of a real church makes you necessary, so remember that. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5 tells us these words. 
Because he says, he said, there it is. For as we have many members in one body. I like that word many there, don't you? Many. You know what that speaks of to me when, it's, when I hear this, that we have many members in one body? That speaks to me of growth. Many. Multiplied. Jimmy Swagger used to say, multiplied multiplicities of millions. I go along with that. Many means that, that we end up next week with more than what we got this week. Why? Because many multiplied are coming in. So we are many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office or the same duties. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member is one of another. We're all here, part of us. So we need to always remember that. That first church is a praying church. We read that in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Remember I told you to underline praying? They prayed. They prayed people out of prison. They prayed and rejoiced. And, and listen, and, and we, we're not going to go to the Scripture, but in Acts chapter 4, when the disciples, after the man had been healed, going into the gate, beautiful. Peter and John healed him, you remember? through the name of Jesus, and they went in the synagogue. 5,000 people got saved that day, by the way, as a result of that. And so they got threatened. And it said that they returned to their own company and told them what had taken place. And, and, and as you, if you go to Acts chapter 4, you can read this. It says, And they, they prayed. And they thanked God. And, and as I was reading that, I come to realize that what was happening, these people had come back to the church and the church got around them and the church was praying for these disciples that had just gone through that persecution and that kind of thing. And it said, and they prayed that God would stretch forth His hand and that signs and wonders would be done by the hands of these apostles. The church was praying for them. They prayed Peter out of prison. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. They prayed Peter out of prison and said, And Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. That church was a worshiping church. A real church is a worshiping church. And we'll get into that more as we get on later in this series of preaching. A worshiping church. In Acts 2, 47, it says that they continued praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God. Luke chapter 24, verse 53. says, And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were a worshiping church. Now, they were a loving church. And it was shown by their care for each other. They, they was concerned when somebody lacked. Somebody had enough to give them and to help them out. They were a giving church. Reaching out. Reaching out. Reaching out. Now get a hold of that. In your bulletin this morning, if there again, if you got one, and you, I hope you did, and if you didn't, you need to, there's a sheet of paper in there folded up. And this is talking about some things that our church is going to begin to do to reach out. Now we're going to work in connection with some other churches. It's not just the one church thing. But we're going to work in connection with some other churches. And these items here, all of this that you see on that paper, are, are the most for the most part is going to go into the Morgan County Schools for different needs to be met around the county and, and right here in Faultful just as well. So you, you look at that. There's things to give, things to bring, things to do. 
And then on the first Sunday in October, there's going to be a work day. You Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday after we get out of church, there's things that's going to be done. We'll talk more about that as we get on into it. But it's going to be a time for this church to get out there and go somewhere and do something in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. And it's going to be, you know, some, some things around Falfa, maybe in Hartsville. But what difference does it make where it's at as long as we begin to get up and do something instead of sitting in here and wearing out fabric on a seat? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that that hard. But yes, I did. But anyway, in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, it talks about after Jesus had ascended, and it says, and they went forth. They went forth. Going forth means that you leave where you are and go somewhere else or go in that direction. They went forth and preached everywhere. How did they preach? They preached by word. They preached by action. They preached by doing. And anything that we do to honor God is is a form of preaching that we can be involved in. They were a witness in church. And they were an involved church. A real church is an involved church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now let me tell you, not everybody in the body is going to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He's called people for that. And we'll, we'll talk more about gifts as we go along and things to do. But listen, everybody in the body of Christ Everybody that goes into making up Victory Fellowship needs to be taught and instructed and trained so they can do the work of the ministry. Can I just be honest with you about it? So you'll understand this. And I'm not getting me out of anything. Okay? The work of the ministry of Victory Fellowship Church is not on my shoulders. It's on your shoulders. My job is to help you do that, to prepare you, to encourage you, to instruct you, to train you. That's my job. But, but you're the ones that needs to be visiting these people that's not in church this morning. You're the ones that needs to be going out somewhere and if somebody needs something done, organize the work detail to go get that done. You're the ones that needs to be a witness to people. You're the ones that needs to be carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're the ones that needs to be, uh, when somebody new comes to church, running to them and welcoming them into church and, and, and letting them know you love them. Not, not just me. You know, something I do, and I, I get you say, well, you do it just because you're a pastor. Will you love me if I say what I'm fixing to? <laughs> Go ahead and say it, and then I'll tell you whether I love you or not. Huh? <laughs> you know why? When somebody new comes in, I go to them and speak to them. Not because I'm pastor, because there's a lot of times if I don't, nobody else does. I watch. I watch. Now, folks, that's all of us' responsibility, not just one. And we, we talk about that we may know how to act and behave ourselves in the house of God, and one thing we need to do is to be welcoming to visitors. Have you ever gone into somebody's house? to visit with them, and they just sort of act like you wasn't there? Makes you want to bust their door down to get back there to see them again, don't it? 
See, there's jobs available here. Putting out help wanted sign right now, okay? An ad. We need people to work in the nursery. You say, you're always bringing up that nursery. You know how to keep me from talking about the nursery. You know how to keep Mark from talking about the nursery? You want me to tell you? I'm not talking about tell us to shut up. That won't work. One way that you can keep up so much about the nursery, get involved. Work in the nursery. Children's church. See, this is stuff we talk about all the time. Children's church. You know, and, and I'm sure the people that work in children's church would be glad to have some assistance and some help, if nothing more than just being there with them to help make sure that the kids don't tie them up sometime. You know. Because if you go to Jamie and say, Jamie, I'd just like to help you in children's church a couple of Sundays. You don't have to go in there and teach a class. She's well capable of taking care of that. But there's things that you can do to help. And, and in, on Wednesday nights, the same way. There's things that you can do. See, building maintenance. There's things that needs to be done around this church. Well, if we're going to build on what's used to doing anything. We don't take care of what we got. Why should we expect God to give us something else? Thank you. Bulletin. <clears throat> I'm still believing God for somebody to do the bulletin. I can do it, but I don't have to. I don't need to. We need people involved. And the website, keeping the website up to date. Outreach. That's what we were talking about the first Sunday. There's jobs available. Things that need to be done in and around the church. In and around this thing to make it to where that folks that come will feel welcomed. They'll feel warm. They'll feel like somebody cares for them and appreciates them and is concerned about them. So folks, if we want, we want to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God so that we can become a real church, then we've just pretty well lined it out as to how we need to be. Love me or hate me makes no difference. Don't change the Word of God. You say, well, Pastor, all that's just your thoughts and your ideas. Okay. But I think i got some pretty good thoughts and ideas, okay? You'll have to admit I give you enough Scripture. They're based on the Word of God. So I want to encourage you. Folks, we need all of you. We need other folks coming in. And we need what other people can do. And, and you see, you're talking about, I'm sure that, that Bo would not mind somebody else learning how to do what he does so they can help out with what he does. Uh, greeters at the door. Ushers. All of these things. Folks, there, there's, there's no limit to what you can do around here if you're just willing to be. And you'll be then, listen, I, I didn't read this scripture in Ephesians 4, did I? So I'm going to read it to you. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. I got part of it. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, or from this time forth, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning crackness whereby they lay in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And I've read all that to get down to this verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted or held together by that which every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. 
that which every joint supplies. Every one of you here this morning is a joint, so to speak. And you supply something. What do you supply? Well, you supply love, first of all. Love for each other. Love for God. Love for the church. Love for what we're doing. Then you supply what you're able to do. And, and uh, if you, we can get involved. Well, I just don't know what I can do. Well, talk to me. We'll find something. But we can get involved. We can be at real church. We can be that working church, that praying church, that worshiping church, that loving church, that witnessing church, that giving church, that outreaching church. That's the real church. Let's bow here.